0: Like, like healings and, and, and they've even seen Lazarus rise from the grave like they've seen all these things and and go back to that verse Jesus is, is, is it's what? it's to your what for me to go? to leave? like what are they thinking when they hear this? it's to your advantage that I'm not present with you? the why the helper's coming like, I wonder if this is what they were thinking when, when Jesus dies. They see He's dead. They know He's dead. And then Resurrection Sunday must have rocked their world. A dead Savior now living and walking? I wonder if this verse came, came back to mind. Wait, like, is Jesus here forever? Is He good now? Is this, is this the start of, of forever? Like, what, what is this? Is, is, he, is He going? Like, when is He going away? And He does that. Some forty or so days later, he's sitting there among his among his disciples. He gives them one last message. They don't even think they know in the moment that this is his last few words. Go! Don't stay in Jerusalem. Don't stay in this little countryside. But go where to all the world. I don't know how to speak it. I don't even know what the whole world is. We don't even know if the world is flat or round. What do you mean, the whole world? Puts him on mission. Go. Tell him of all the goodness. And then he leaves. Puts him on this big old mission. And then just floats up into the sky. and Goes back into heaven. And they're all standing there like, what is going on? I wonder if this came back to mind. It's to your advantage that I go. Because the Holy Spirit's coming and the holy spirit is your is your is your helper the holy spirit will empower and isn't that a leader isn't that where we should marvel at a leader one that would empower you forward and not say when i die when i go mission over it's all done but one that would empower us forward Amen. check out this clip isn't that a hero worth our marvel? One that in his dying moments give that, gives that USB drive and empowers him forward, and then as he dies, he attends a, a funeral of sorts to, to do what? <laughs> to see, oh, everybody is Spider Man, everybody's empowered. They look at his life and they don't stay put. Now they all go on mission. Isn't that what a true hero worth our marvel will do? And that's what they found in in Spider-Man, and that's what we find in Jesus. It is to our advantage that he leaves and that he will send us a helper. We have the Holy Spirit living up inside of us. Why? It's unique to us. It's an advantage that you and I have, but others do not have. Why? Because we have said yes to Jesus Christ. that, that, That what was once a sinful person is now... Covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has washed over our sins. What was once an imperfect person now has the perfection of Christ. And the Holy Spirit now lives up inside of me. And it is what? To my advantage. He has empowered me. So why don't we live like it? Why don't we live like it's an advantage? Why don't we live as if we are empowered? I see that in our worship. I see our worship to be empowered worship. That's one of the things I love about our church is that if you walk in here and you want to debate theology, well, guess what? We're a Baptist church. We are Baptist in our, we're not an actual Baptist church, but we're Baptist in our theology. And you're going to come in, you're going to read our doctrinal statement, and you're going to walk in expecting a Baptist church. And then we're going to worship. And no one has ever said, after our worship, well, man, that's a that's a Baptist church. <laughs> because we're Baptists in our theology, but we're we're pretty charismatic in, in our worship, are we not? Why? Because we're men and women that have been changed by the blood of Jesus. We serve a living God, and so our worship can be not everybody has to worship lively, but if they look around would they know that there's a living God by the way in which we sing to Him? It's one of the things, it's one of the trends in the churches, when we pray for one, when we want the community to walk through our doors and hear a message of hope, one of the things that's speaking to the unbelieving world, you know what's speaking to them? When they walk through our doors, whether they're asking it subconsciously or consciously, they're walking in and asking, do they believe it? And one of the things that's impacting the unbelieving world Is when they walk into a worship center and see a whole group of men and women saying, this is real. God is alive. They see it in us as we worship. And I love that about our church. As we pray for one, are we empowered by the Holy Spirit to go after the one? Are we trying to do it in our own efforts, our own strength, or do we see the Holy Spirit to be our advantage, our difference maker, to help through the obstacles? If you're praying for one, if there's people that don't know Jesus Christ that you're trying to minister and reach out to, you can you can you can say yes to this. There are obstacles. They, you're not going to walk up to somebody and be like, "Hey, let me tell you about Jesus." And they're going to be like, "Well, you know what? Great, tell me." I've been, I've been waiting for you to tell like that. There are obstacles, and so do we see the Holy Spirit as the advantage, as the helper, as the difference maker to this. So we're gonna we're gonna continue in this marvel series, looking at how Jesus is the true hero, worthy of our marvel. And, and Jesus, we, we, we've looked through some of the Gospels, we looked in Isaiah and whatnot too, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are the four Gospels, the account of Jesus' life, and we're going to look at the, the book of Acts today, that's the very next book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then the book of Acts, it will also be on the screen, because what did Jesus do? He gave them the spear, and this is how it plays out in Acts chapter 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, that simply means 50. Penta means 50, 50 days after Passover. So here's the unique thing, that now there's another celebration happening in Jerusalem. Conveniently, a whole bunch of people are coming to the city because there's a big old celebration, and all were together, together in one place. The timing of the Holy Spirit's arrival is strategic and intentional, and suddenly, you know, yes, they were praying. Yes, in Acts chapter one, they're 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 maybe fertilizing or uh, cultivating the soil, if you will. But but all of a sudden, not like a rising slow tide. Now all of a sudden, like an earthquake, a jolt, suddenly, unexpectedly of sorts, the Holy Spirit comes. There came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as fire. Now you and I would read this and be like, fire? That's kind of crazy. But if you're a Jewish person that knows the scripture, you know God communicates through fire. What happened with Moses? When God needed Moses' attention, he lights a bush on fire, and the bush don't burn out. Gets Moses' attention. He speaks through a burning bush. Then they leave. When they leave Egypt, how does God communicate where they should be going during the night hours? Is it not pillars of what? Fire in the evening. So if you're a Jewish person, this is exactly how you would maybe anticipate God speaking. Through tongues of fire. And they appeared to them and rested on each one of them. It wasn't selective. It wasn't prejudice. It came on all of them. And they were filled. All were filled with what? The Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance the spirit directed the spirit guided it wasn't it wasn't just like oh i'm going to learn this gift i'm going to learn how to do this the spirit put this on them and now they were able to communicate in a tongue that previously they weren't able to do it was the work of the holy spirit god said Jesus said, as he's leaving, go into all the world and tell them of my goodness. Speak the gospel to people. And if they were sitting there and and they were probably overwhelmed by the the whole scene, but had they stepped back, they would have said, I don't know how to speak X, Y, Z. I don't know how to do this. You put me on mission, and here's the biggest hurdle to this mission. I can't speak it. But God is the one empowering. God is the one providing the Holy Spirit to go against, to go above, to rise above those challenges. And who does He give it to? He gives it to all the people that were present, not just the men, not just the women, not just the young, not just the old, not just certain races, the people present that had had committed their lives to Jesus Christ. Now they are filled with the Spirit, and now they begin to speak in a tongue to people that previously they were not able to speak to. They needed this gift to accomplish the mission, and so they had it. I still follow uh, some news outlets in, uh, out of New Hampshire. I grew up in, in New Hampshire. Uh, that, was, uh, that was my upbringing. And so I still follow like a, a station called WMUR. It's out of Manchester, New Hampshire. If you're from New Hampshire, you know that to the locals, Manchester is no as, known as Manch Vegas because it's such a huge state that we look at Manchester as the end-all, be-all. And, uh, and so Manch Vegas has shared this uh, news article about this app called uh, Haters. Have you heard of it? It's a dating app uh, called H- Haters. <laughs> ironic, right? Uh, and so what it does, the premise of this app is that, well, if you hate this thing, and I hate this thing. Well, we can bond together over our hatred for said thing. Makes all the sense. It's a dating app, right? So uh, and so they they went through the whole nation, uh, surveying people, and then people would fill out like, like like responding to different statements and who hates what and whatnot. And so here's uh do we yeah here it goes. And so we we here is some things that people hate. And sinks on there. I think what is that? Is that uh, Nevada? They or Mexico or whatever New Mexico? They hate sand. Uh, New Jersey hates jellyfish. The whole uh, New York, that blew my mind. They hate Times Square. A whole bunch of things that people people hate. But the reason that this was shared in my home state was in New Hampshire. See what's shared about New Hampshire? They hate a three-letter word, God. It blew my mind. Because then then in, in a world of Google, I'm Googling, well, how many Christians are there in New Hampshire? And so I Google, and I'm like, well, in New Hampshire, statistically, the people that claim Christianity as their faith, you know how many, what percentage it is? 56% of people that claim Christianity as their faith. 50 That's over half. But yet the majority of people, according to that, hate God. How can that be? I find that to be weird. I find that to be that if you truly claim the name of Jesus, shouldn't you be empowered? Shouldn't you be doing goodness? Shouldn't you be showing kindness? Shouldn't you be loving where people wouldn't hate the name of God? Maybe they don't cling to the name of God as Lord and Savior, but but they should at least not hate the name of God. Am I right? Like, Like, if we're going to live as such, shouldn't people be falling in love at least with the concept of God? I find that statistic to be weird. But if we're honest people who should find us weird, shouldn't they? And they do. They find Christians weird. But that's true of any community. If you're an outsider of, a, of said community, you find the insiders to that community as weird. If you're not into sports, you find people into sports weird. If you're not into the gym, you find people into the gym as weird. If you're not into Marvel and you talk to somebody that's in into, into Marvel, guess what? You find them weird as they talk for hours and hours and hours and hours about Marvel and Endgame and this and that. Like, it is weird when you're not inside of said community as an outsider of said community. So they find us weird. And guess what? At the core of our beliefs, shouldn't they find us weird? At the core of our beliefs is that the Holy Spirit, Holy God loves you and wants to live inside of you but he can't because of our sinful nature. So we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe that he, his blood covers over our sins and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Go share that with somebody at the coffee shop. Go, hey, hey, guess what? The Holy Spirit wants to live inside of you. They're going to find that so weird, and it is weird. So if they're, no matter what, if at some level they're going to find us weird, let's get relentless in our love. Let's get relentless in our kindness. Let's let let that break down the, the walls. If they're going to find us weird, let, they, let them find our relentless nature to love them no matter what, to be weird. May they, if they're going to hate God, may it be in spite of us, not because of us. Here's, here's how the passage now, now continues. Now there now were dwelling in Jerusalem, the uh, Jews, devout men, began because of this festival, from every nation under heaven. And at the sound of the multitude came together. It's it's the Holy Spirit. He unifies. And they were what? Bewildered. Because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Now, that doesn't jump out to us. Why would that confuse them? Because Galileans are known as hicks. Galileans are known as the uneducated. Galileans were the ones that they didn't get the schooling that everybody else got, so they were the dummies of society. And they're the ones speaking in other tongues, this educated type thing? And how is it that we hear each one of us in our own native tongue? And then it's a whole bunch of areas. Some are hard pronounced, but Parthians means, um, and, then, uh, and then Egypt, no Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Syria and the visitors of Rome. Fifteen different areas that would include areas even outside of what Rome occupied. This is everywhere that they know as, as Jews in that day. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and and Arabians, uh, we hear them telling in our own tongues what was the message. The mighty works of God. I am so bewildered that I walked up onto the scene not able to communicate with anybody or or anybody or anybody. But now the Holy Spirit comes down. Now I see these tongues of fire. There's a sound. And this is all so weird. But what's really weird is now I can understand people. And now I can understand what are they talking about? The mighty works of God. Isn't that the, mi- the mission that Jesus left us with? Go and tell the world. Go and share the gospel. And so here is the mission that the Holy Spirit comes upon them to do, and they're doing it right from the get-go. You have, an a-, you have a language barrier? Well, I am going to remove that so you can declare my name. You are now my empowered witnesses. Graham mentioned uh, captivating environments in, in the announcements. That's one of the things I love about our church. We do care about a captivating environment. But guess what it's not? It's never to build up our name. It's never to build up my name or the church's name. Guess what is at the center of a captivating environment? Jesus Christ. He takes center stage. That's what makes a captivating environment captivating. That's what gives it any sort of worth. When this whole scene unfolds, it's a captivating environment that the Holy Spirit just blows up their spot with Himself. Though He does that, everybody's captivated. But what are they captivated by? The mighty works of God. If we want to put efforts into our love, if we want to put efforts into our environment, here's what we're trying to do. Let Jesus take center stage because He is the one that we're trying to point people towards. When we love people, we point them towards Jesus Christ when they walk into our place we're pointing them to Jesus Christ so that they are amazed and astonished not by us but by Jesus This balloon can amaze and astonish if I blew it up and walked it over to the kids area They're gonna have a party over this balloon as they hit it around and stuff. It has the ability to amaze and astonish this, if I throw this over to the kids' area, this by itself is going to amaze and impress no one. I am not going to go home to my three-year-old daughter and say, be amazed and astonished by this. She's going to look at me cockeyed, like, what are you talking about? It has a purpose to it, doesn't it? We can, we can use it for other purposes. Like if I'm bleeding and I need to, I need to tie, like use this to tie up my, my veins so that it stops the blood, we could use that. But that's not what it's designed for. We could use this to to hold water and and bring it out to my car and take a sip of water. We could even use it as as a water balloon, but it's not intended to be a water balloon. It's intended for one main purpose, to, to astonish and awe people. It's intended for an outside source to blow into it. And it's the outside source that gives amazement and awe as it utilizes the vessel. That is what we are doing. That's what we are doing as Christians. We are a vessel. The Holy Spirit lives up inside of us. And because he lives up inside of us, now the Holy Spirit through us wows and impresses and astonishes people. All people. The, the, the Galileans did it. They they were the uneducated type. God used them breaking down the stereotype that, well, I'm just, I'm just a Galilean. Oh, I'm just this, that, the other thing. I'm just, I'm just an uneducated person. No. Whatever this culture wants to define you as, no, that is not who you are. You are somebody filled by the Holy Spirit. Somebody, somebody posted on our on our social media this week. They they posted about a God loves you and so do we act. That was done by a high schooler. A high schooler that did not say, I'm just a high schooler. That did not say, well, Jason has given us this mission to reach 100,000 people in our community with a God loves you card. An act of kindness. This person, this high schooler did not say, I'm just a high schooler. I can't do this. Instead, they went to a park and they tied a God loves you card to a rose or a carnation. I don't know. It's a flower. They tied it to a flower and went to the park and started handing it out. To people with that simple message, God loves you and so do we. And from this, this person posted this saying, thank you, Wellspring Church. It sounds weird, but you guys saved me. No, we didn't save you. No, we pointed you to Jesus and Jesus saved you. And now they're here actively in our church. Why? Because in the park, somebody went on mission and did not look at themselves as just, just a high schooler. So you walked in here thinking, I'm just a waitress, I'm just a construction worker, I, I'm just a school teacher, I'm just a lunch lady, I'm I'm just a stay-at-home mom, I'm just this, I'm just that, I'm just you fill in the blank. You know what the problem is every time we say I'm just a social worker? Every time I say I'm just a hairdresser, every time we say that, what is your job at that point? Your job is just a job. That's not what God has called you to, just a job. He might not be calling you to be the next Stephen Furtick. He might not be calling you to be the next Billy Graham. He might not be calling you to be the next Lisa Turkhurst. But he has called you as the child of God. That is, I am just a child of God. And that changes everything. And I have a mission to the world. And so I don't go into my job tomorrow saying, I'm just XYZ. I go into my job tomorrow saying, every step I take is my mission Every step I take, God has called me to To do what? To declare the name of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit empowers me to do so. So let's go into work tomorrow, being empowered by the Spirit to make a difference for Jesus Christ, pointing people to Jesus. And here's how the scene now plays out. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? The first version of pointing them to a website that says (laughs) www.theyone They're asking why. But others, not all of them, others mockingly said, they are filled with new wine. They must be drunk. You ever had somebody tell you, like, oh, man, you're so happy. You must be drunk? It happens all the time. Be filled with the Spirit. Oh, they must be drunk. So you have some people that look at this scene. They've all seen something supernatural. They've all seen something awesome. And some of them look at them and say, well, I want to know more. I want to investigate. I want to hear more about what is going on. They're inquisitive in all the right ways. But others see the supernatural, and what do they do? They're uncomfortable with it. They don't want to know about it. And so, oh, they must be drunk, and they want to go on their merry way, not digging into more. And so we have to embrace that when we live through the Spirit, guess what's going to happen? Rejection is still possible. Last week, I showed acts of kindness to six of my ones. I had six. I showed more than that, but, but I had six of them say, I'm going to come to church. It was glorious. I'm like, oh, great. They're going to hear the gospel message. They're going, oh, God, please, like, let them come and let them say, Yes to relationship with Jesus. I had six of them commit to coming, and then Sunday was over. And when I went home, how many of them came to church that day? Two. Two. Two of them came. Mathematically, what does that what does that mean? That means 33% of them came to church. In school, I'm a failure, but I don't want that perspective. Because if I take that perspective, that means that it's my doing. That means it's my effort. But when it's a work of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to look at this like baseball numbers. Because in baseball, if you hit 33% of the pitches that come your way, guess what that puts you in? The Hall of Fame. So I'm going to take 33% and celebrate Jesus. And what Jesus will do will matter my effort. It's not my job. It's not my job to change people. My job is to show people Jesus and so here's our big thought for the morning our hero our true hero that brings us to a place of marvel we marvel over him our true hero our hero empowers our mission to one what a difference the Holy Spirit makes there was 40 days before this 40 days before this Peter is hiding Peter doesn't want to talk about Jesus Peter doesn't want any part of this Peter's on the run but then the Holy Spirit happens there's 3,000 people waiting 3,000 and more And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaks. And 3,000 people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Why? Because Peter's a changed man. He has the Holy Spirit. So don't punk out. Don't give up. You don't know when 3,000 people are just around the corner waiting for you to deliver a message of hope and goodness. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave. Think about this lives inside of you. And you think the Christian life is boring? What is boring about that? If you're bored in your Christian faith, start praying to your big old God. And he will rock your world. It is a Spirit of God that changes life. So be filled with the Spirit. To be filled in the Christian world means that we are first emptied. It no longer are we going, we want to confess our sin and get sin out of our lives and give the Holy Spirit room to work. We want to say, I am selfish. I am I. I, I am all about me. I'm filled with me. No, I want to empty myself and let the Holy Spirit fill me up. I want to take my thinking, which is consumed with all sorts of illogical things, all sorts of battles. I want to empty my thinking and be filled with God's word and allow the Holy Spirit to fill me up with good thinking. That is what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Jameer, get up here. You love wowing people, your mom tells me all the time. You have been chewing on it? Okay. I, you can get out of here. So my kids are not allowed to chew gum. And so when I chew gum like a hypocrite, I I like to use icebreakers. Because if you're dating anybody in here, you should be chewing icebreakers. It's good for your breath. It's a way to get, <laughs> get out of here. So, so but when I, when I chew it, you're not supposed to chew gum while you're talking in front of people. But when I chew gum, like I'm chewing on for a while, I'm able to spit out like a small little bubble. And my three year old daughter thinks it's so cute and so I impress her with my little dinky bubble that comes out of this icebreaker. It's not, it not meant for that. It's meant for a good breath. I gave you bubble gum. I didn't give you icebreakers. Blow me a good old bubble. Oh my you're gonna you're gonna ruin the whole sermon if you don't if you don't give me a good old bubble. <laughs> you're killing it <laughs> give me a bubble me laugh <laughs> i got out of <laughs> but could you you have like very little hair on your head blow me a big old bubble and who cares if it gets in your hair Right. Go, have, go have a seat. Oh, say, hey, hey, here. If you want to impress somebody, you have to use the right tools. If I want to impress somebody with a bubble, I can't use icebreakers. I have to put the right thing in my mouth to really bring anything impressive. If I want to blow a bubble to impress somebody, if I use the wrong instrument, it won't happen. But if I use the double bubble... That might serve to impress somebody if you're not on a stage, embarrassed to be on the stage, and you need to do that and blow a bubble. Thank you, Jameer. And uh, we are incapable of doing that on our own. We need the source, the Holy Spirit. And so my challenge to us today is that you would identify a challenge that you're having with your one. You're praying for one. You see a challenge. You're not. Why aren't they turning to Jesus? You have that challenge. so my challenge to you is identify the challenge that you're having with your one and invite whom into the process? The Spirit. Are you willing to pray and fast? I'm trying to reach out to this person. I'm trying to love them. I'm trying all of these efforts. But God, you're like, what is going on? Have you invited the Spirit into the process? Because he's our helper. He's our advantage. He's what he's the difference maker. So my child, invite the spirit into the process. And what will happen if we all do this? Next week, this place will be filled with our ones. Why? Because the Holy Spirit wants more and more people to know about Jesus Christ. This that will happen as, as we marvel about Jesus. They will see our marvel and the hope and the prayer is that they will want that same marvel. I asked the worship team this, uh, this week to learn a new song. And uh, if someone could grab the worship team, because they're supposed to come on stage right now. This is slightly awkward. Uh, I asked them to to learn a new song. And, and it's called fullness. It's not a song that we've sang before. It's all about the Holy Spirit. It's all about being filled with the Holy Spirit and doing what? Reaching to be our witness. And so they learned this. They learned it for, for me and for us, and now they're gonna they're gonna play and sing it for us. They're slowly we're gonna thank you guys. And and so I wanted to give Carly the floor to, to share a little bit about the song and a little bit about her thoughts on on worship, and then we're going to close singing fullness. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to stay connected, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, and if you would like to help us with our mission of igniting a craving for Jesus by relentlessly loving our community, you can find the link to give and all the other ways to connect with us down in the description box below.